It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. We don't want to just win, we want to dominate. And here we go. Alrighty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have with me my friend and yours, Chad Dotson from the Red Leg Nation Radio. Chad, how's everything going with you today? Going really well. Good to talk to you again. It is good to talk to you as well. I was just looking back to see uh, when we last talked. I know it was during spring training. In fact, even on my uh, Skype screen, it said in our messages whenever I was saying, I'm like, hey, do you want to wait till after Georgetown is done playing? It's nice <laughs> to remember sports actually happening. It is, but it's not nice to remember Georgetown basketball. <laughs> well, we won't talk too much about Georgetown. Now, the Reds are playing baseball right now, and they gave up five runs in the second inning. Is the season over? Well, I don't know. The season's not over. That's silly, but the career <laughs> of Nick Lodolo is over. I mean, he's a, he's a complete bust. <laughs> he's not going to amount to any. Yes, that, that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, no, we're just we're kidding, of course. This is an exhibition game. It means nothing to the actual record. Everybody's just getting loose. And, in fact, speaking of getting loose, the two guys who pr- people probably would have picked last to hit home runs in today's game hit home runs. Freddie Galvis and Tucker Barnhart have both gone yard in today's game after the Tigers went back to back to back, but we won't talk about that. Uh, Let's look at this season because it begins in just a couple of days. We've got the Reds and the Tigers for six of the first 10. I I have some good feelings about it, but let's see. What, What are your feelings overall about these 60 games? How do you think the Reds can fare? Well, you know, before the full 162-game season that we thought we were going to have, I was awfully optimistic about this team anyway. You know, all the upgrades they made, and we can talk about those, but this was a really strong team. Now, the way that things have turned out, and it's just a 60-game season, things actually worked out to make the Reds even stronger, if that makes sense. I mean, number one, uh, you just said the Reds are playing the Tigers six out of ten times. The way the schedule works out, Cincinnati – they're, they're, they benefited the most from the schedule shenanigans here. They play more poor teams than they would have played before in terms of a greater percentage of their game. So, you know, it's, it's right there in front of them. Plus, I hate the designated hitter more than uh, anything in the world, but it really helps the Reds this season. Yes. So, uh, you know, I'm, I think things are really set up for the Reds. To, I'm extremely optimistic for them to make a, a big run here. But with just a 60-game sprint, you know, uh, crazy things can and will happen. So they got to start. Got to start quickly, and that's where hopefully uh, playing against the Tigers, who are probably going to be the worst team in the American League Central, certainly. Uh, hopefully that'll help, help the team get off to a good start. I do remember Dick Williams saying that they pretty much made the offseason moves that they made with the thought that the designated hitter was uh, basically waiting in the wings. Is is that something that you kind of buy? I mean, I tend to buy it, but at the same token, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, they flipped over the cards on the table, and look at that. All of a sudden, I've got a full house. <laughs> Maybe. You know, uh, Dick Williams is uh, he's very good at his job, I believe, but he's also, uh, you know, he's got to do a little PR as well. But 
if if he, it's true what he's saying, you can absolutely believe it because I mean the guys they signed, guys like uh, Nick Castellanos, uh, even Mustakas, and then you got Akiyama with Senzel waiting, Winker, not necessarily a defensive guy. So many options for your designated hitter, and it it's true that everyone kind of assumed that when the new collective bargaining agreement came uh, uh, was was negotiated, if they actually do negotiate one that the Disney haters come to the National League. I don't like it, but whatever. Belly aching about it. It's not going to get us anywhere. It's coming. Um, so uh, if it's coming, I'm glad that the Reds are maybe a little bit uh, uh, looking forward a little bit and are going to be able to uh, maximize their production by taking advantage of that rule. Hopefully it helps the Reds rather than hurt them. It's nice to even figure that the Reds are proactive. That's not a word that we're used to using here, at least in recent uh, times. Uh, when you it, it's a, and you mentioned Nick Cassiano's too quick overreaction as well. He made a diving catch in the first inning. He's a Gold Glover, right? <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't make the rules. <laughs> exactly, we just follow them. Um, so at, let's talk about Cassianos and the new guys. I mean, we we we've talked a whole lot about Shogo and Mike Mustakis and all those guys. Of the newcomers, who do you expect to have the best year? Well, I expect Nick expect Nick Castellanos to have the best year, but I think that uh, maybe the most valuable guy. Could be end up being Shogo Akiyama because he does so many things well and he's so versatile. Can play him around the outfield. I think Nick Castellanos has. There's every reason to believe he's going to put up big offensive numbers and maybe better offensive numbers than anyone on the team. And maybe uh, Eugenio Suarez wants to fight him for that title. But I think he's probably going to have the the best season. But I think that at the end of the season, a lot of people are going to be arguing that Shogo. Uh, was more valuable. However, you you know, however you juggle those terms. So, but those are the two guys that I, I'm just in love with, and I'm really excited to see what they're going to do at Great American Ballpark. I was hearing somebody the other day talk about Shogo Akiyama, saying that he is the most fundamentally sound baseball player the Reds have had since Scott Rowland. And I'm like, boy, that's a that's a nice little badge of honor to to add on to a newcomer who he's really just breaking into Major League Baseball. Period. But to have him come in, they've got him batting leadoff in this exhibition. I bet he probably bats leadoff against right-handers most of the time. Uh, we'll we'll see what they do with lefties. Maybe they put Senzel in the leadoff position, but I, I'm with you. I think especially what we've seen in some of the summer camp footage and the live BP and all that Castellanos is just hitting like any fly ball off of his bat has a legitimate shot of going over that wall. Yeah. I and mean, it's going to be so much fun to have he, uh, Castellanos and, and Suarez in the middle of that lineup. Uh, not that there's some other guys around that aren't uh, just as good, but you have guys like Akiyama getting on base, Jesse Winker, Joey Votto getting on base. I mean, really, this team should be able to pile up runs, and I just absolutely adore the idea of Castellanos right there in the middle of that lineup because he does. He has, he you know, he's had doubles power, led the majors in doubles last year, but playing at Great American Ballpark as opposed to playing on that cavern in Detroit where he's been mo- most of his career, I really got to believe that those a lot of those doubles are going to turn into home runs, and we're going to see maybe the most productive Nick Castellanos we've seen in his whole career. I'm I'm extremely excited to watch it because you're right, watching some of these batting practices and some of these uh, exhibition or inter-squad scrimmages or whatever, I mean, he, this guy can mash. He's, uh, Reds fans are going to end up uh, falling in love with this guy, I think. It's an absolute launching pad. His bat has looked like at least so far. In this 60-game season, and we're, we're in year number two with David Bell, and he has shown the ability to – Think outside the box, not manage as if he is sitting there reading a management for base baseball management for dummies kind of book. 
how do you expect him to run through this 2020 season? Because one of our big criticisms last year was, man, this dude manages every single game. Like it's game seven of the World Series. You almost have to do that now. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm, I'm a big fan of David Bell. I agree that sometimes last year he was a, a little bit frustrating with some of his moves, but uh, you kind of understand that at least we got somebody that's thinking differently than we've seen before. And so I was happy to see it. I think that 60 games, there, there's none of this, uh, you know, we can have a bad week or two and still be okay. Right. Uh, well, let's try to get a guy right. You got to play the hot hand or you got to play the right matchups every single game. I think that what that's going to look like is his starters, basically the starting nine hitters, uh, well, 10 maybe if you include uh, Casale and Barnhart switching mm-hmm. back and forth, but then the other uh, eight that are going to be every day, basically, DH uh, included. Those guys are going to start every every game just about. And uh, where are they going to start? Who knows? He'll mix and match where they are in the lineup, where they are on the field. But I think that your your, your best hitters are going to get the line share of the at-bats. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how much he plays matchups in later innings. Uh, maybe you get a reliever comes in that has to pitch th- to three hitters, and so he wants to play, uh, work a lefty-righty uh, matchup, and so bring in a, a, a Philip Irvin or uh, you know even a Josh Van Meter or uh, you know heck even uh, Jesse Winker or somebody on, on his day off. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see. I think he's going to be very very active in some of those late inning mismatches where relievers have to go a little longer. And trying to get just any tiny advantage, because just a tiny advantage in a 60-game season probably is going to be huge when it comes to, to, to the last game and the difference between these teams. That's something I'm going to look forward to is now with like that three-pitcher or, or pitchers having three batter minimums, it's almost as if you're going to be able to have a specialty hitter. Like if they bring in a lefty, you're right. going to be able to drop Philip Irvin or drop – uh, if he's not starting Nixon's out, which hopefully he's already starting, but you know, drop that right-handed batter in there to mess that whole deal up. So, I, and I think he's he's definitely shown the ability to play the matchups and and, and play to those strengths as, as well. And speaking of playing to strengths, you should play to your strengths and relax with CBD MD because it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. They have two awesome products. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. They also have CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need when it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of my listeners today 25% off. That's right, 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B at checkout. Go to cbdmd.com and use that promo code locked on MLB to get 25% off your next purchase of superior CBD oil from CBDMD. That's cbdmd.com with the promo code locked on 
MLB. And, and you mentioned Jesse Winker, and it's something that it's kind of funny because it was a topic we had plenty of last season. But with these offseason additions that the Reds have brought in, this whole idea has gotten to the back burner. But left field is still a platoon between him and Winker, or Winker and Irvin. And I know that we're in a day and age of matchups and stuff. Do you see the Reds trying out any sort of, hey, let's play Winker against lefties and righties? Or are they just going to stay straight platoon? Well, uh, if it's going to be a platoon, I don't think actually Urban's in. It's probably Akiyama that's in the platoon over there with with Winker, the way it works out, because you can get Senzel in center field more. Uh, I, I expect to see Urban be basically a straight bench player this year. Uh, I don't think they try to play Winker against both lefties and righties. I think there's zero chance, especially in a 60-game season. I think Winker's only going to play against right-handed pitchers. And what that means is, here's my big prediction, Jesse Winker is the player on the Reds who – has the best chance of hitting 400 in a short season. He will have the highest batting average on the team, is my prediction, at the end of the season. Because he's just going to hit against righties, and he's mashed righties everywhere he's been in his professional career. So um, I would be very surprised if he bats against any left-handed pitchers all season long. I'm hoping so, because I I love Winker, and I know that he has kind of been touted as as a dude that, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not that good. And and the DH plays to his strengths, because we all know defensively it's not the kind of guy that uh, we really want to lean on too much out there. When you look at the pitching staff... It's it's interesting having Sonny Gray on the opening day roster. You look at some places have Trevor Bauer as the second best pitcher on the roster and Sonny Gray is like the third best and different things like that. It's national outlets, Vegas, that sort of thing. I, I think it's a good problem to have, to have these guys one, two, three, but let's say it's the National League Divisional Series. You know, fingers crossed, hopefully that happens. Who are you going with in order? Uh, probably starting game one's going to be Lucas Sims, right? Don't you think? <laughs> yes. No, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I love it. No, I go, you know, I don't want to uh, sound like I'm criticizing, criticizing Sonny Gray because I'm not, but Luis Castillo is just uh, magical. What he does with the baseball. Castillo is my hammer, my number, uh, my number one starter. Sonny Gray is like a one A to me. I mean, Sonny Gray's great. Oh, yeah. I just, Castillo is just, uh, his stuff is just magical and he's so close to putting it together. I mean, he was an all-star last year. He pretty much put it together. But if he can just take a little step further, even he's in the uh, Cy Young conversation. Sonny Gray's great. I love Sonny Gray. I have him at the start of the second game, Trevor Bauer, third game. Uh, you know, I, another thing that I expect, because it's a short season, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Anthony DiScofani have a great year, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, because they're only going to be pitching five innings, a lot of these guys anyway. And Discafani is the best, uh, if he's a five-starter, he may be the four-star on this team, but he's got to be the best four-five-starter in the league. I love oh, that guy. Easily, yeah. Yeah, so, what? I mean, what? A, you're right, great problem to have. I, this is uh, no worse than the third-best rotation in all the majors. That's I really believe that. And uh, you got an argument maybe that they're top two. So, uh, wow, I can't believe we're saying that about the Reds. It's been so long <laughs> since the pitching's been this good. I love it. I know, right? There, somebody was talking about that on Twitter. Uh, I think it's the Orioles and Red Sox opening day uh, starting matchup is just absolutely abysmal this year. And 
people were talking about, oh, well, what about this? What about this? I'm like, well, 2017 is a pretty good one. The Reds and Phillies, and you had Scott Feldman against Jeremy Hellicks, and uh, oh. <laughs> real good matchup there. <laughs> yeah, really. I and mean, here, uh, Sonny Gray starting opening day, and which is great. It's fantastic. You know, yes. absolutely a great choice. But, you know, you got Luis Castillo, who was amazing last year, started last opening day, and he's not your opening day starter, but you, you're like, well, okay, but it's it's justifiable because they got – they got another great guy. It's just, it's an incredible, incredible uh, problem to have. And I really still can't be- believe that this is a, the actual Cincinnati Reds we're talking about. Would you agree that his changeup is not safe for work? <laughs> it is not. Oh my goodness. It is. <laughs> it's glorious. It really is. It's just some of those uh, gifs that they, uh, you see sometimes, you know, where they overlay it uh, against his fastball or something like that. It's just, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> I just remember uh, Manny Machado swinging and missing. I, I think it was two years ago, maybe at it, and he just like looked back at Castillo and he tipped his cap. He's all like, right. Oh, "All right, all right, well, That's not... yeah, nothing I can do." <laughs> yeah, know? it's, it's just me. too. Shout out to my buddy Morgan too, by the way. That was a great one. Not safe for work on the change. I'm using that all year. I'm keeping on yeah, that one. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> when you look at it. it it's interesting that they decided to leave open. I wondered if like in the COVID rules and all that different stuff that they've got out there, I wondered if they would close trading, but they're leaving it open. We've got a trade deadline at the end of August. Do you see the Reds going out and making, and I know a lot of that is contingent, especially on how the Indians specifically, how they do in their season, but do you see the Reds shelling out to make a move so quickly into a 60 game season like that? Really, a lot, a lot of variables there. I mean, I think we're talking Indians, obviously, and we're thinking Francisco Lindor. That's the guy. Yes. Plug Lindor into this lineup, and it's not only one of the top three rotations; it's probably one of the top three lineups in baseball, to be honest, mm-hmm. and uh, at least top five, I would think, with Lindor in there. So, but the, the question is, what do you have to give up for him? And it's a short season, which means maybe he'll have a bigger impact if you can get him for thirty games than he would in a, in a full season just because each game is, is more important. I, you can make that argument, but again, how much are you giving up for 30 games of a guy? And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they will absolutely try to improve the team by the trade deadline, but I think a lot of teams are going to be a little bit hesitant to make any big deals, um, certainly with, with these guys that are uh, going to be free agents here soon. So, um Guys have a couple years left on their on their contract might be able to move some of those guys a little more easily. But then again, if the Reds are tied for first at the trade deadline and they've got a chance to get Lindor, who can maybe put them over the top, you kind of have to think about it, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, the, and and that's it's kind of putting the cart before the horse talking about that right now. But I definitely think we're going to be thinking about that come deadline time. Hopefully we see the Reds make a move like that. If, if they get Lindor, I'm with you. Like start fitting everybody for ring sizes. Let's get this going. Uh, <laughs> looking at this opening day, uh, it's going to be different for everybody because we're all going to be home. That's not going to be something that we're at the stadium doing the normal stuff with the parades. And I mean, it's obviously not normal anyway. It's July 24th instead of March uh, 27th, I think was the day. What, uh, what, what kind of plans do you got? You're going to put something on the grill and uh, watch it indoors. Or are you getting together with some family? What, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to the stadium, see if they let me in. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, uh, you know we're just gonna we're gonna watch it here at the house, just me and the. Uh, I'm sure my wife will dip in occasionally, but my son and I will 
we'll check it out and uh, we may throw something on the grill and just, uh, you know, and uh, watch it together. I don't know, but I'm just going to sort of sit back and kind of enjoy the fact that this will be the first taste of almost normal that we've had in a long time. And, and that's where baseball has always been so important in America and where they almost missed with all the, the haggling they did, taking mm-hmm. advantage of an opportunity to really uh, not be a, not really necessarily be a healing aspect because there's so much going on in the world, but you know, it's something that we can all kind of come together uh, and enjoy. And I don't know, I just, it's always been a part of the very fabric of this country. And, uh, you know, it, it, right now I think we need it. I'll be honest with you. There's so many other important things going on. I know, but we really kind of need baseball and, uh, I'm excited to just sit back and for, you know, three hours, maybe feel normal for just a little bit. And, uh, so it's I'm I'm excited about it. I can't wait, and I I think it's going to be a, a really fun time. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I it's something that a, a group of guys and us we have season tickets for the year, and and we're going to get together. We figured out this plan like in a friend of ours backyard. We're going to put up a projector screen and stuff, put the game up there, and you know socially distance and all that good stuff. But at the same time, we're going to try to act as normal as you possibly can in a COVID atmosphere and enjoy some Reds baseball because like you said, this is, I need this. I really do. And it's so goofy to say, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that think, Oh, what what do you need sports for? Man, sports are awesome. And baseball is the best of those sports. So it's going to be nice to see the best team playing the best sport. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah, there you go. And really what we just talked about was really a lot about what baseball uh, has meant uh, for so many years, you know, well, here, father and son, you know, right. uh, father and daughter, uh, some places, mother and daughter, whatever. Uh, but you know, the, handing it down through the generations and then, uh, you know, over at your place, you know, getting together with your buddies and watching a game and, you know, just, uh, chilling. I mean, that's, you're not, you're not at the ballpark. It's fun to go with your buddies and hang out at the ballpark. You're not there, right. but still it's, uh, you know, that's sort of what baseball is. It's just something that's kind of in the background, but, uh, brings us all together. And, and I hope that's, it can play a, a tiny bit of that role in this country for the next little bit. We'll see. I'm, I got my fingers crossed. Absolutely. So, all right. So I, I know that I'm a little bullish on this and uh, I got Yid to audibly laugh at me for saying this, but I'm thinking 38 and 22. What are you thinking? I think that's a little optimistic, <laughs> but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> My first prediction was 60 and zero, but I don't think that's uh, going to be the case. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying 34 wins, 34 and 26. And I think that gets the division uh, and uh, makes it one of the better records in the league, frankly. Uh, but I, I don't, they say the over under is 31 games. I mean, I'm absolutely uh, saying the Reds are going to win more than 31 games. Yes. So uh, I'm, I'm, 34 is where I'm landing, but somewhere in that neighborhood gets uh, definitely gets you in the mix in terms of a uh, chance to make the World Series. I agree with you there, Chad. I thank you so much for joining me here today, and uh, we'll look forward to some Red Leg Nation radio this weekend and talking about actual, real baseball. That's oh, amazing. I always love coming and talking to you, Jeff, and uh, you're doing a great job here uh, on the podcast. Keep up the great work, man. Hey, you're the man, Chad. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.